Teacher, what star is that? Yo, it is I, Adisa Banjoko. This is FarsideTV.com. You are listening to Sidelife Radio. You know who this is, man. This is the Bishop of Hip Hop, a.k.a. the Black Dragon of the West Side, a.k.a. Zatoichi. Domo arigato gozaimasu! A.K.A. the South Bay Shogun. A.K.A. the Iron Hook Assassin. A.K.A. the Dead Sea Saracen. Come on, man. Y'all know what it is, man. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives, boy, on hip-hop, MMA, and health and fitness trends. Ain't nobody out here lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like me. Oh, no, no, no. Adisa Banchuk. You know what I'm saying? So listen, understand, you can be down now or you can bow down later. But we winning over here. This is West Coast OGs all day. So thank you for taking the time to listen. You know what I'm saying? Understand, if this is your first time tuning in, listen. All the homies will tell you. This may not be the best thing. How about a show enough is the West thing? But a show enough is the West thing. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I hope this day opens up into a beautiful week for you and all that you do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I need you to do me a favors. Okay, could you? All right. Me and my homie Mike Realm, we need a favor. Mike Realm is my producer. You know what I'm saying? Take a bow, Mike. Golf clapping. Yes, there it is. Uh, we need you to do us a favor. Go to iTunes, Spotify, or Mixcloud and subscribe. Okay. If you if you're on Mixcloud or uh, iTunes, man, I need you to leave a comment. Just be like, "Yo, this is a dope show." You don't even have to do a whole bunch of stuff. Just, "Yo, this is a dope show. I like the content." You know what I mean? Because that helps us. We help you. You know what I'm saying? This is what they, I think they call in science a symbiotic relationship. I need that help. Uh, if you're looking to get at me directly, you can always follow on Instagram at Real Hip Hop Chess. I always follow back. In fact, you know what's funny? I had one of my little homies, he followed me. He was like, yo, man, you ain't following me back. I said, for real? Where? Show me. He was like, I'm right there. I was like, I didn't know. Boop. Followed him right back. You know why? Because I'm not one of these weak people. You know how they be like, oh, man, follow me. Follow for follow. Da-da-da. And then they try to unfollow you on the low. You'd be like, oh, this fool trying to play me. You know what I'm saying? So what you do is, let me tell you, I'm going to give you a, yo, it's a tool called Unfollow Cop unfollow cop and like if you if you can you can look at it any day of the week it'll show you who unfollowed you right it'll show you who the people that really engage with you are you feel me and you can just tighten up right there but i always follow back holla at a scholar for real at real hip-hop chess you know what i'm saying and do it soon would you and so now we're gonna get into heartbeat props heartbeat props is where we give props to people who make our lives better during the week, you know what I'm saying? I want you to call three people. Talk to them for no less than five minutes. Don't text them. Call them. Speak to them. Let them know specific things they've done to make your day 
easier and better. And uh, so, yeah, you know what I'm saying? The idea is like you don't wait until people die to tell them how much they meant to you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm going to start by uh, mentioning an old student I used to mentor, Sophia. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, uh, she used to go to John O'Connell. And recently, uh, we've been talking and stuff uh, through Instagram, just checking on each other and stuff like that. And she's doing dope. You know what I love? I love it when people that I used to mentor or talk with or whatever, just go off and be doing dope stuff and then just reach back and let you know how they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Sophia. You know what I'm saying? Watching you grow and evolve has been very inspiring and I'm super proud of you. I want to see you keep doing it, keep rising. Uh, I want to give a shout out to John. Uh, John is actually uh, the front desk homie when I go to see Dr. Peter Goldman. Now, today I went to go see him. I had a migraine so devastating for the last two days. Like I really, after work, I was coming in and I was just really just in my bed, in the dark, covered up, man. Massive migraines. My migraines can be really debilitating. And um, I came in and, and I said hi to John, like not really present, which which is something that I really strive not to be like, you know? And then right before I walked into the doctor's office, I paused, I really realized I had not properly greeted him. And I was like, hey, you know what, man? I'm sorry, I didn't properly greet you, man. How are you? Shook hands, checked in. You know, and he was really kind and like, it's the little kindnesses that get you through the day when you're going through it. You know what I mean? Um, it was just good to connect. It was really strange because it was just a pure moment, you know, of like a minute or something. But those things, they matter when you get through your day. You know what I'm saying? And then I want to give a shout out to a homie I haven't talked to in a long time. Scape One, man. Also known as Scape Martinez. Crazy, amazing uh, graffiti writer slash aerosol can artist. Because I know people, some people don't like to be known as graffiti writers because they don't like that term. Um, Skate Martinez, man, does a lot of amazing work. Been doing work in the Bay for like 30-something years, bro. Easy, you know what I'm saying? And anyway, uh, he and I haven't spoken in years. He hit me up out of the blue, and we just, it's good to reconnect with old friends, man. So, Skate, I want to thank you for um, checking in on the OG, man. You know what I'm saying? Means a lot, means a lot. West Coast word of the week is popo. P-O dash P-O for police. Now there's a lot of slang, right? In hip hop. Like back in the day, 5-0. People don't even know why. Why they call 5-0? From the TV show Hawaii 5-0. People forgot. The 50th state, Hawaii. Yeah, it's not another country. Don't trip out if your president mistakes that. Um People trip off when people be talking about police and they say, man, I ain't checking for 12. I don't care about 12. Why do they call police 12? TV show again. One Adam 12. That's how old I am. I knew both of these shows. Um, but the term popo was a term that I first remember first and foremost from Money B from Digital Underground. All right. So once he started using the the term, everybody started using the term. Popo, police, 5 0, 12. You know what I mean? Um, so crease your khakis to that before you rat, rat. You know what I mean? So what have I been up to? You know what the main thing I've been up to? I talked to you about bow ties, man. Look, I'm really stepping my dressing game up, man. You should come see me on Instagram. I'm kind of, 
I'm kind of handsome. It's kind of a ebony man meets, you know, new era professor. Like, I don't, I don't smoke Cuban cigars, but I look like I do. High post. Yeah. I blow circles too. You see him? That's what I do. I actually don't smoke, but you know what I'm saying? If I did, that's what I look like. But one of the people was like, one of my boys was like, yo, man, I see you with the bow ties. And I'm saying you out there with the, with the fresh vest and the suit jacket. And I mean, and the dress crease shirts. And I'm saying what's happening, babe. Cause you know, you know, the OG normally wears, you know, the they call me the black Cortez killer for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I do, I kill him with kindness. That's, that's what, that's why I wear the Cortez. Cause I'm a kind person. Um, but yeah, the dress code is real switch. You know, one of the main reasons for real, I like the bow tie. It has to do with jujitsu. It's because I never like getting my uh, my head controlled. The idea of getting my head controlled if someone grabs your tie. I enjoy it. I think all jujitsu people, if you're a jujitsu guy and you're going out for a night on the town and you're wearing a dress shirt, wear a bow tie. Wear a bow tie because it's safer. All right? And you're going to look good when you're breaking someone's knee, right? Kick, 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 kick. Oh, take a picture for the gram. Um, yeah, man. So that's it. So what am I listening to? I'll tell you what I'm listening to. You got to go on YouTube, look up Apache Figueroa and B42. Got a track called Speaking. S-P-E-A-K-I-N. Speaking. This here is some dope Latino hip hop. You need to go check out Apache Figueroa. You know what I'm saying? And the homie B42, you know what I mean? Listen, the track is out of control good. The the beat is something that I was playing. Uh, I had found the loop somewhere on YouTube. And I was like, how is it that no one has really spit bars on this thing? And show enough, man. I get sent the track. And it's off the chain over the beat that I love, man. You have to go listen to Speaking. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the Latin hip hop artists all across the globe. You know what I'm saying? Um, this track is dope and you need to soak it up. You know what I'm saying? And listen, y'all already know, man. It ain't no easy props with me, bro. Like, I don't give props to nobody unless I really like the track. And the people send me garbage all the time. Unsolicited trash regularly in my uh inbox man and really i'll tell you the truth like if you send if someone sends me music without introducing themselves i just delete it i don't even listen to it but if someone's like hey what's up how you been blah, 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 i'll probably listen to it same thing yeah you know what i'm saying like people be like yo how can i well you know oh i got a book uh blah, blah, blah. but they don't hit me up blood like talk to me like a human being bro you know what i'm saying like don't oh yo check my beat let watch my video man that's not how I roll, bro. You got to You know what I'm saying? This dude hit me up the other day, sent me like three videos with nothing. Just three videos. I didn't even respond. Three days later, he's like, hey, uh, did you check out my videos? I'm like, nope. I don't know you. You didn't introduce yourself. I don't even know who you are. Why am I watching this? I don't even know. And he's like, you know what? My bad, man. And he just checked in. We had a real cool conversation. And now I'm going to check his videos. It's not that hard to be a human being, man. Don't let all this digital stuff keep you from just being like a basic human being, bro. Please. So, yeah, you know what I'm reading, man? I'm reading uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War, which is a book I've probably read like six or seven times for real. Uh, it's by Sun Tzu, 
TZU, Sun Tzu. It's a great book. It's about military strategy. And people be like, yo, why you read it so many different times? You know, because there's different translations and it's a beautiful book. And it speaks in somewhat mystery, like mystery knowledge. It's not, that's not the right word. Esoteric seems a little too deep. That's not the right word either. I'll say that there's, there's words in there. There's terms in there in the art of war that are kind of hard to understand. And so you need to like live, soak it in, go forward in your life and then read it again. You'll see it's, it's powerful. But like, you know, some people started hitting me up and they was like, yo, we like the art of peace. We like the art of peace, right? By O Sensei. He's the guy that created Aikido. And, you know, I was kind of explaining, like, I love the art of peace too. I think the art of peace is arguably one of the most un underrated books in the history of the planet is the art of peace. It's a smaller book. It's a shorter book, but it's beautiful work, man. But the thing is, is like, I think a lot of the people that say they like the art of peace, they like it because it sounds easier, right? But I don't care whether you're looking at the art of peace, the art of war, Book of Five Rings, right? Machiavelli. People like to use military strategy for inspiration, which is good. They like to use it for motivation. They like to use it for philosophical things, right? But don't forget that these men were real killers and that their philosophy comes from being able to destroy other human beings individually or in large groups. And the philosophy that we are able to glean gems from today to close that deal or, or open that business came from real people who did real things in war. And so it's easy for us to sit back now and be like, well, oh, I, I just like the art of peace. But if you really want to understand these things, I, I suggest you do jujitsu. And I know some of y'all going to be like, oh, here he go. Talking about jujitsu again. Absolutely. Because so many of y'all are soft out here. I'm talking to the men and the women. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is one of the most empowering tools for women in the world right now. But there's too many men and too many women who go, oh, well, fighting's so not feminine. It, really? Have you seen a female lion? Have you seen a, a female falcon? Have you seen a female tiger? Hyena? Devastating. What are you talking about? And let's just be honest about the times. These are crazy times. And so it's fine if you want to like the art of peace or say you like the art of peace more than the art of war just because you prefer peace, of course. But don't fool yourself about the real times right now. Don't be dishonest with yourself about the nature of now. This is a grimy time, a time when, how many times I told you, we used to see people getting beat up and other people on the train will do nothing. I told my daughters, y'all need to start taking jujitsu seriously. I told the same thing to my son. Y'all need to start taking jujitsu seriously because life gets crazy and people don't jump in. People don't have honor anymore. You think you get slapped in the face, all of a sudden people going to step in? Nope, they're going to pull their phone out and watch you get slapped again. So you're either going to figure out how to defend yourself or you're going to start getting blasted on film. Whatever. I can get blasted on film anywhere. I train jujitsu. What is my point? Man, my point is we live in treacherous times and it's easy to sit around and lean on the, on the trusty word of nonviolence. But a lot of times people who say they're nonviolent, bro, they're just scared. You're nonviolent when you can 
mop somebody or destroy somebody and choose not to. That is nonviolence. Being scared to swing or running away because you don't know what to do if the other person swings, that's not nonviolence. That's being a coward. That's the opposite of what Sun Tzu wants. The opposite of what O Sensei wants. The opposite of what Machiavelli taught. So, what am I reading? Sun Tzu. Uh, is anybody watching all the stuff on Area 51? We're going to have to do a whole podcast on Area 51. Apparently, Joe Rogan on his podcast did something with some people who say they saw aliens or had spaceships at the house or whatever. Now they're saying 400,000 people are going to go storm Area 51. I don't believe it's going to happen. Let me say that. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to get near Area 51 at all. Do I think aliens exist? Probably. Do I think they kick it with us? Undoubtedly not. I think people put way too much effort and 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 work into figuring out whether or not there are aliens. What a waste of time, bro. Who cares? If there are, man, they're pretty weak people because they're not helping us. Like, for real, I know a lot of people like to talk about Area 51. I know a lot of people wonder about aliens. Do I think they exist? I think it's totally possible. Do I think some have visited? Maybe, maybe not. But here's the deal. Let's just say they've been here for a minute. Who cares, bro? They're watching us kill each other, die of AIDS, be homeless, SARS, uh, concentration camps of Mexican kids in America are allowed, and, and concentration camps of Muslims in China are allowed, and, and the first Holocaust, the transatlantic slave trade, you know what I'm saying? They're not really empathetic individuals in the universe, bro, if they're watching it. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. They don't care. Bro, like if aliens were really about that life, how are they just going to let MLK and Malcolm X and JFK get clapped with no response? I don't care what technology you got. If you're going to let them die, bro, you can keep flying around the damn world. I don't care, bro. For real, man. In fact, if I see an alien, I'm going to slap him for doing nothing, bro. Punk ass aliens. Everybody be like, oh, because you know the government hides them, bro. Oh, you know, there's a mothership and they got all these little baby planes and they do this, bro. And they watching uh, uh, black children, Tamir Rice get shot and an alien ain't doing nothing. I'll slap an alien. Hmm? I'll slap an alien. Trayvon Martin, I'll slap an alien for doing nothing. Mike Brown, I'll slap an alien. Say something so I can slap an alien, bro. On a real note, though, um, I do want to talk about a new documentary that just popped off, came out. It's called How Sweet the Sound. It's produced by a guy named Dr. Daniel E. Walker. And uh, he curated, actually, uh, an exhibit called How Sweet the Sound about gospel. And this is a documentary about gospel. It's really dope. And it's about gospel in Los Angeles. Now, you might say, oh, what's going on with these, bro? I thought he was Muslim, bro. I am. Oh, what's going on with these, bro? He over here talking about gospel. First of all, gospel's dope. Okay, it's real dope. Understand me now. First of all, if you're supposed to be about that life and you love gospel and you don't know who the Como Mamas are, shame on you. Shame on you. And so I'm black, so I still love gospel. All right. That's what it is. And that's the way it's going to stay. 
But what I'm saying is this documentary is hot. It's about gospel in Los Angeles. And people don't understand that when you really look at a lot of the West Coast G-Funk sound, I believe that you'll find that a lot of it is rooted in LA gospel because the black church was always, has been, well, not always, <laughs> it was the cornerstone of black culture, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, you know what I'm saying, until the rise of uh, Islam in North America. Okay, so we have to understand that blacks didn't read uh, anything until they read the Bible first. You know what I'm saying? And the church used to be the the first and foremost place where the black families were um, not only philosophically guided, but where they got practical skills. And I think that all organized religions in North America are failing the children and failing the poor, and especially black churches. You know what I'm saying? Muslim orgs. Etc. We're really failing the poor blacks by um, finding reasons to do everything other than help the people at the bottom. And what I say, the people at the bottom, I mean anybody. So if the people at the bottom are black right now, then that's who needs to be helped. And if the people at the bottom are Latino right now, then they need to be helped. If they're white, it doesn't matter, man. What matters is the help. And I think that the reason young people um, laugh at religion today and and have a very kind of um, whateverish vibe toward all faiths is because we're not helping the youth and we're not giving them real life skills. And that's what um, all of the leadership in the earlier days used to do. Now, beyond that, man, uh, I want to tell you to go check out this this documentary to connect directly with the creator of the film. You can just go on Instagram at Dr. Daniel Walker. All straight across, all lowercase. Dr. Daniel Walker. Check in with him, follow him, and check out his work, man, because this is important history. You know, especially when you're dealing with hip hop, man, like people don't understand that, again, back to the G Funk, but hip hop in general, whether you listen to Kanye, whether you listen to Warren G, whether you listen to Dr. Dre, I guarantee you. A lot of those baseline rhythms, a lot of those, a lot of that organ work, a lot of that keyboard work came from the efforts of the black church, specifically in Los Angeles. So I'm really excited about this and I hope you guys get, get, get a chance to check it out. You know what I'm saying? So now we are going to jump off into the realness. If it, if it is, actually we're not. Uh, before we jump into the realness, uh, a quick word, uh, health talk, water for breakfast, man. You know, I always give you guys water for breakfast. Stop eating breakfast. That's what I'm telling you to do. You have to radically rethink your health. You should be drinking water for breakfast. I'm drinking some right now. Watch this. That's me un unscrewing the top. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Water for breakfast. In the morning, you should only be drinking water, tea, or coffee without sugar. Preferably just water. Preferably just water. Um... But yeah, if not, water and tea. But if you got to have some coffee, go ahead. Water, tea, and coffee. Stop eating breakfast. That is the health tip, man. That is the health tip. But what about my first? Trust me, you will lose weight. You will feel better. And all you need is like three cups to get through the first part of the day. Start eating at noon. Start eating at noon. And stop eating at 8 p.m. I just saved your life. If you're, if you're willing to do what I say, I just saved your life. And you're welcome. And when we talk about saving lives, let's have a real conversation about something that actually happened to me a few weeks ago. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that a few weeks ago, uh, a guy died on the train that I was on. 
I was sitting, I could hear a guy sound like he was snoring. Then I heard a woman scream and I was actually really nervous. I thought someone was actually on the train doing something. And I was by the door. You know, if you're on a BART train, BART trains uh, have, you know, the doors between the cars. I was getting ready to cut out because I was like, is somebody on here stabbing fools? Because I didn't hear a gun. Um, and I see this guy and he looks like he's strangling another guy sitting in a chair. He wasn't. He was trying to give a guy CPR. This dude was having a heart attack. He was a heavyweight dude. Once I realized what was happening, I got up. I went over to the guy. I said, listen, when your arms get tired, I'll help you. And then the, the, the train pulled into the 12th Street station and we all tried to move this guy. He was very heavy. This guy was obese, man. Um, he had to be about 300 pounds. We kind of dragged him off the seats and laid him down. And then the guy got tired uh, doing the CPR. Then I did the CPR pushing on the chest, you know, the chest compression. And there was a woman who was a doctor and she was checking for his pulse. But the thing was, the guy never blinked the whole time he was on his back. He was just bubbling up this kind of white foam. And uh, he had grayish blue eyes and they were just waxed over. He never blinked. And then eventually it took, took the EMTs a long time to come to the car, but they eventually got there, man. And, um, they did what they could, but he died. And then they took him off. They took him off. What was deep is uh, they cut his shirt off of him. And when everybody got back on, the train took off. And it was like nothing ever happened. But I was sitting in this same seat that I was or near the same seat that I was in. And I could see his shirt was under the, uh, under the uh, seat, you know. And I kind of got choked up, but, you know, I've been studying stoicism, you know, and stoicism teaches you that death happens every day. And so I started to relax. I talked to the guy while I was pushing on his chest. I was like, stay with us, man. You're going to stay with us, man. And I started to get choked up a little bit. I didn't cry. I never cried. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I, I cry when I need to cry, but I'm saying like, I was just trying to save his life. And, and uh, the thing that was making me sad is I was wondering who in his family was waiting for him. I was wondering, you know, who's calling him that's not getting that call back? Who's making dinner? What meal did they make for him, you know? What photo was sent to him from his kids or from a loved one that he never got to see, right? So I started getting choked up and um, two stops later, you know, people are in the seat he was in and, you know, on their phones and talking and it's like nothing ever happened. And uh, a woman gets on and she's got a baby and the baby starts crying. It's a newborn. And I thought it was so beautiful. I wasn't irritated at all. And I was thinking like, wow, you know, like if you know Christianity, you know, Jesus in the Bible says I'm the alpha and the omega. And I was like, I just saw the omega and the alpha. I saw it backwards. I saw a man die and I saw a newborn come onto the same train within a few minutes of each other. They'll never know each other. They'll never be connected in any form other than that I saw them both. And uh, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was troubling, man. It was troubling, you know? Um, but by the time I got home, you know, stoicism, I just told you, I read that book by Seneca, how to die. Everybody should read that book. And I've been reading, you know, much more Marcus Aurelius. You know what? If you want to start learning about Stoicism, definitely go on YouTube and look up anything by The Realized Man. 
And then you should just like listen to the speeches that are read or the book sections that are read by Seneca, Epictetus, and Marcus Aurelius, okay? They help you master your anger. They help you get clear about just fundamental realities. And these aren't things that I don't get from my faith. These aren't things that uh, I haven't learned from studying the Prophet Muhammad. These aren't things that I haven't learned from reading the Bible, right? But there's something about Stoicism. There's a there's a way of interpreting and, and acting on these bigger ideas that I found e- that I find easy to understand and synthesize with my faith. And if you're someone who has no faith, Stoicism doesn't require you to have any faith at all. So you can be agnostic or you can be an atheist and you can still live a Stoic life peacefully and 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 plentifully and mercifully with other people. So now we're going to jump into a pretty crazy fun thing. I'm talking with Denny Prokopos 300 one Mogan and we're talking about music and martial arts, man. You know, he's Greek. So this first portion of 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 his talk is about him sharing his life as a young Greek man uh and Greek culture and then after that we jump straight into jiu-jitsu and hip hop. Enjoy it. This is Bishop Chronicles. Enjoy. Peace to the planet Earth, you know what it is. Adisa Banjoko, a.k.a. the Bishop of Hip Hop, a.k.a. the Black Dragon of the West Side, a.k.a. You know what I'm saying? Zato Ichi. So look, I told you it was a part two. What? Didn't I tell you? All right. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my man, Denny, 300 Procopo. What's up? What up? You got to sit back, man. You're going to, because when you, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you know what I'm saying? You're all, you're all over the mic, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. So look, you know, we told the planet we we're going to do a two-parter, you know what I'm saying? And this is, this is, this is the second part. And we're talking about music and martial arts. You know what I'm saying? Um, but before we get started, uh, let's talk about class today. What, what did you teach in class today here at San Francisco Jiu-Jitsu? Located where? 261 South Venice, San Francisco, California, 94103. Beautiful, beautiful. So what did you teach today? So Saturdays, I really enjoy teaching Saturdays because it's it's a completely different format than any other day of the week that I teach. It's a Q&A based class where basically we completely skip the warm up. I tell uh, all the students to go to the wall and I have them ask uh, a question of whether it's like something they want to see. Like how to do a technique. Yeah, how to do a technique uh, or- How to prevent a technique. Yeah, how to prevent a technique or or general issues that they're having. Like let's just say someone's, you know, having a hard time um, escaping the mount or uh, retaining guard or, how to finish from neon belly, whatever, you know, just different situations. So, um, it's, and, 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 and basically for 45 minutes straight, I'm answering questions and I'm showing techniques and I'm showing techniques, but I'm also talking about concepts. And I also talk about uh, philosophy of jujitsu as well. And, uh, I love it. And then after that, Students drill for about 10 to 15 minutes. And then after that, we spar for half an hour. So it's, it's actually, it's one of my favorite formats. It's the format that I feel utilizes me the best because it allows me to uh, teach from the now. 
you know, I have to say that, you know, I love when you teach your classes like this. I love all your classes, obviously. Thank you. But I do love this uh, because I do feel like we get a lot more of, of your personal insights and, and understandings of positions and things like that. Um, toward the end, right before the end of class, you mentioned something about how jujitsu is is technical, but it's strategic and you can't be taught like 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 rather that what did you say that strategy and the technique is not natural can you can you kind of cover that again yeah of course so no one's born with knowing the techniques of jujitsu or knowing the strategies there are some things that do make more sense to some people that they come more natural but that's because of their environment it's it's that's because of their environment you know um or or something that they did that was similar you know but no one's born knowing jujitsu, the techniques or the strategies. So that's something that you have to spend time on. You have to, for me, you have to spend time drilling jujitsu, right? Then you also have to, depending on who you learn from, you know, you have to learn jujitsu philosophy too. Not, not everybody's philosophy is the same. This is true. You know, and then obviously- How do you define jujitsu philosophy? Over the years, I've had a very hard time um, Nailing it down. I'll give, I'll give you an example. Back when we were both at Charles Gracie's, right? Mm -hmm. um, there was um, a bunch of guys rolling. And one guy, he kept coming in. He kept coming in. And um, I don't know if he was injured at the time or if there was a concern about him being injured. But Charles was sitting there and the guy comes in. And, and then somebody was like, man, you in here to train again? And he was like, yeah, man, got to roll, got to roll. And then... Charles was sitting down. He just looked at him and he said, too much water kills the plant. And I never forgot that about overtraining. I never forgot that. That too much water kills the plant. And at the same time, if you asked a lot of jujitsu black belts at that time about jujitsu philosophy, gems like what Charles said in that moment wouldn't be said. You know what I mean? Like I felt like there, was like, there would be almost like a whole other conversation. So how do you define jujitsu philosophy? And I know that's a hard question to answer, but I'm just curious. Well, it's, uh, everybody has their own style. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, uh, even within, all right, like, you know, there's Gracie jujitsu, there's 10th planet jujitsu, there's Machado jujitsu, there's Alliance jujitsu. Right. Danaher's death squad yeah and even within schools even within like associations there's different mentalities so well first of all jujitsu right it's a flexible art that's the Jiu-jitsu translates to gentle art or flexible art. Some people say gentle art. Some people say flexible art. I've heard a lot more people say gentle than flexible. But right. when I looked it up, it said flexible. But when I think of the word flexible, I, I, I don't just think about physically. I also think of it being mentally flexible. So the philosophy of jiu-jitsu can be flexible, meaning it's not an absolute thing. No hard, no no hard locked in eternal rules or few few. Exactly, you know. I I think, to me, 
the only thing that seems certain is that things will change, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, and, and, and when, you're, when you're talking about jiu-jitsu philosophy, there's, there's the philosophy of, you know, teaching, training, and then there's a, an even deeper philosophy of how to conduct yourself as a human being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um there's that so there's 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 levels to it man there's there's many levels it's not an easy question to answer so i can only answer from my own perspective of course and i'm only speaking for myself i'm not speaking for anybody else what i've noticed is Things change, times change, times change. You have to change with the time. You know, what was correct to do at one time may no longer be correct to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's on the time, but you you, you have to do what's right. Yeah. No, if, that, that if, that, if, if that if that makes sense. No, too. And I also think that like jujitsu philosophy is something that probably doesn't even happen to a practitioner until well into blue belt. You know what I mean? Because you're just piecemealing what you get. Like, I don't feel like I had any real sense of jujitsu philosophy until I was uh, a war-torn blue belt where you're kind of forced into more of these dilemmas. Like I felt like, you know, a lot of what I later interpreted as jujitsu philosophy was really just like coming to grips with getting my ass kicked and then and then and then not only like assessing what it meant to lose or win but getting granular on what it meant to lose or win you know i think everybody kind of hits it at a different stage yeah i think you were unique because you were a blue belt for a long time right <laughs> i was blue belt till yesterday <laughs> so you know you're 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 a little bit of a different case you know, and when we first started training, we first started training late 90s, early 2000s, people were, it was common for someone to be a blue belt for five years. Mm-hmm. Now, it's common for someone to, you know, go from white to blue within a year, year and a half. Yep. That's the timeline. And, you know, then go blue to purple within another year, year, year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe two. So I think the timeline's different. I think the timeline from when we first started to now, it's different. And that, that goes back to, you know, things, the only thing that's certain to me is that things will change. Mm. When I look at jujitsu, when I first started, I first started in 2001. Before that, I was researching art mm-hmm. in you know 2000. And I just remember, you know, a lot of things have changed. It's a completely different game. Um, on so many levels from teaching, training, techniques, you know, rule sets, everything is different about jujitsu. So I've been involved now for 18 and a half years and I've seen it change so much. Like for example, when I first started, everybody was training in the gi. Yeah. Then, you know, a lot of people or more people started doing no gi, Mm -hmm. you know, which, I felt that was more of an American thing, more of a 10th planet thing. I think probably like it was wrestling too, right? Just American wrestling. Definitely. Already having just such a rich culture here. Like it seemed like it would be impossible 
to not have a no-gi explosion in America when you look back at it. It was almost inevitable. Definitely. And I think with ADCC getting bigger and bigger and, you know, people... Abu Dhabi Combat Club, for those that don't know, yes. Yes. So... No, it's real. So, dude, so let's talk about music and martial arts and stuff like that. You know, um, obviously from the beginning of, 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 of my organization, Hip Hop Chess Federation, you know, this fusion of music, chess and martial arts was always at the forefront. Like it was always, you know, from the beginning. Um, and, you know, there's so much martial arts philosophy and lyrics inside rap music, right? And of course, your default setting of almost anyone's brain that knows anything about hip hop is gonna say the Wu-Tang Clan, right? They're gonna say, you know, RZA and Jizza. They're gonna say Inspector Deck. They're gonna say Ghostface and Raekwon, you know what I'm saying? They're gonna say, you know what I'm saying, You God and the whole squad. They're gonna say Wu-Tang, but, you know, there's a lot more hip hop music that speaks of and 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 relates to martial arts particularly for me a lot of the dj culture dj Qbert, mix master mike you know what i'm saying dj apollo shortcut you know what i'm saying um a lot of the early break records had these had these scratches that came from you know kung fu films and things like that and so you have a lot of stuff but the more that i study and love you know just all kinds of music like i'm always kind of like loving this 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 blend of music and martial arts way outside of hip-hop and so um i know you've always been a big fan of dilated peoples you know what i'm saying i think i think you quoting dilated people's lyrics is probably the first lyrics that i remember you mentioning like just I use strategy. I don't act sporadically. I contemplate cat. I move mathematically. Repeat that a little louder one time for the people I in the back. I use strategy. I don't act sporadically. I contemplate cat. I move mathematically. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, shout out to Raka. Shout out to the entire Dilated People Squad. What up, Ev? What up, Babu? You know what I'm saying? LA to the Bay all day. Much love. Um, in fact, how many years ago was it that we had Rocket? Was that like five years ago? Something like that. Ago. It's been a while, man. It was a long time. Rocket, stop playing and come to the Bay, dog. What are you doing, man? Come up here, bro. Stop. Um, talk to me about like your relationship with music over the years and how it affected your training, like what you train to, what you you know, what what inspires you, what helps get you focused. Like, what what do you remember specifically? We're gonna start from your jujitsu. You can talk about stuff before, but I'm I'm curious, like. You know, it's something that I just want that just as you were talking came popped up into my head. More recently, you know, you mentioned all the OG uh, hip hop. Mm -hmm. You know, more more recently, you know, I've I've heard, you know, rap songs have a, have a reference to martial arts. Yeah. You know, like it was super funny because. Little Wayne ha- had he said you gotta tap out, you know. Even yeah. even even he was mentioning it. So I feel like martial arts is becoming uh, more and more relevant to today's society with the explosion of the UFC of the UFC. You know, totally. like 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 to have a term like a you know a dude like Little Wayne talking about tap out. You know what I'm right. saying? And then I think all right. Bieber's not a rapper. He is not. But I think it's fucking hilarious that you gotta. He's he, he's you know. 
huge musician. Gigantic. You know, huge. However you feel about One, it. Gigantic. Yeah. You know, huge pop, pop icon, yeah. pop rock star. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, for, for there to be talk that he's going to fight Tom Cruise in the UFC, you know what I'm saying? So, who do you think would win that fight for real? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise would beat the dog crap out of that boy. Yeah. He would mop him. I think people really underestimate uh, the mental clarity and commitment of someone like Tom Cruise, man. Like, I know he's been around a minute, but I think he would really beat Bieber senseless quickly. I don't think that fight would get out of the first round. I would be shocked. And that's not even thinking that, 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 that Tom Cruise is an assassin. It's not like I'm being, you know, uh, uh, overtaken by, uh, by, by the fact that I see Mission Impossible. That dude is a hardworking dude. If he knew he was going to fight someone like Bieber, he would beat his ass. And he really believes in himself. You know what I'm saying? That, that like, when, when two people are not that, that much trained, but you know what? It looks like Cruz has some type of training. It oh, I'm sure he's got something under. It definitely looks like he has some martial arts training. It definitely does. And I'll tell you another thing. You know, that dude believes in himself. You know, he believes in himself. And I will tell you this. I think he comes from a different era of, of human being. Oh, man. He comes from a different era of human being that I think, you know, I'm just being super real. The, the, the newer generation of human is a lot softer, a lot softer and a lot weaker. Psychologically, physically, spiritually. Everything, everything. You know, nobody man. wants to have that real conversation, man. But it's true. Oh, I don't care if I'm offending people. I'm just being real. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. With you. Yeah, I'm. It, it Softness, is, bro. It is, it Look is, at these kids today, bro. It, it Soft. is. It is. It is. It is what it is. Yeah, bro. You know, the truth is the truth. You know, there's uh, even the hardest. It's my belief that the hardest kids of right now, most of them, would be the average kids of the previous era. From oh, the I 80s agree. Back from the '80s back. Come on, I man. agree. Come on, I, man. I I I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, I see it all the time. Most kids are distracted these days. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Also, not a joke. I'm being totally serious. Like, um, Tom Cruise being a Scientologist, bro. There's like a lot of mental uh, toughness, right? This is not a commercial for Scientology, by the way. I'm just telling you. People who practice Scientology are pretty, pretty disciplined individuals. People like Justin Bieber from the surface, from what I've observed from over the years, not on the same level of clarity and consistency. Just based on that, like not even anything else, though. You know, I don't even, I, I don't know much about Scientology. I know very little, so I can't really speak, but I've paid attention to Tom Cruise and his interviews and how he conducts himself. And, you know, granted, it's Hollywood and, mm -hmm. you know, it's very easy to keep an image yep you know so like but but he seems he seems like a hardcore kind of guy you know and then bieber he's uh, dedicated to what he's dedicated to we'll yes. say that you know yes. what i'm saying whatever yes. so yeah no i'm a believer uh bieber man don't do it player you're gonna get caught slipping um or do do it and you know you or might do it and get caught slipping and open up and, a new chapter for your life and you might learn something about yourself yeah <laughs> So continue though. You were we were saying you were a youngster in jujitsu and listening to music and whatnot. Tell me about it. So, 
I've always been heavily influenced by two different types of music. But within that music, there's different genres, right? So I'm really into hip hop, rap, whatever you want yeah. to call it, right? Yeah. And then I'm really into Greek music and I'm into different eras of it. Right. You know what I mean? I'm into old school Greek music. What is an old school Greek artist? So people can look one up and just hear one real quick. An old school Greek artist, one of my favorite would be Dimitris Mitropanos. Did you just say Dimitris Mitropanos? That was pretty good. That was pretty good, bro. (laughs) That was pretty good. Boy, you know what I'm saying? I was, yeah, 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 man. I read a little, I listen a little. Or, Or another guy would be Stratos Dionysiu. Stratos Dionysiu. That's pretty good. Hey, I'm trying here. You you were you went. Shh, it was a little know? too. I, I rode that a little a little uh, Brazilian. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. I went you, a made, too. you went. You went. You went a little Brazilian Greek right there, huh? It's all good. I love Brazil. So so. Shout out to all my Brazilians that listen. Shout to out this. to all the Brazilian fam worldwide. Now I mean, we got love for all of y'all. Um, so what what so so. Is is that this is gonna sound this is so man, forgive me, dog. So is Don't. that music going to be so someone assume if they if they go look that up that they're gonna be listening to like the Gypsy Kings? Is that what we're talking about? I'm sorry to say this, I don't know who the Gypsy you, you Kings. You know who are. the Gypsy Kings are? No. Alright, so I've only heard them like twice, but I thought they were Greek this whole time. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> I I, I I don't know who the gypsy kings are, but I'll tell you this, like, <laughs> Greeks are definitely not gypsies. I know, but, oh, man, now I feel hella bad. <laughs> Greeks are definitely not Dude, gypsies. Dude, when you listen dog. to the gypsy kings, don't get mad. That's all I'm saying. You know, um, Greek music, oh, man, it's, it's different. It's different. Like, for example, modern-day Greek music today it's different than old school music. It's still, it's, it's still similar, but it's different, you know? Um, I'm not a historian. And at the end of the day, I've spent a lot of time in Greek, excuse me, in Greece. And I've lived a part, you know, part-time in Greece. Uh, but you know, I'm not the best, uh, historian of the music. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the best historian of the music, you know, but so how has it influenced you? Tell me what it does for you. Tell me, tell me what, how does it, what it, how Bro, does I'm going to tell you something you? really interesting about my life growing up. Go ahead. Growing up as a kid, there was a, there's, there's a Greek club called, and this is a term, this is a general term for Greek clubs. They're called buzutia. 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 So bu, what is a buzutia? Buzutia is a club, it's a Greek club where they play live music and there's a singer. Okay. But sometimes there could be more than one singer. Singer with multiple bands, you know what I'm right. saying? And there's lots of alcohol and there's lots of cigarettes there. Okay. okay. <laughs> lots of alcohol, lots okay. of cigarettes. And, you know, in in some of the bouzouka, you know, the singer just sings and that's it. But in some of them, the singer sings and the people dance. Right. And when I was a kid growing up, 
my parents, we, we, there was a club here in San Jose called Zorba's Restaurant. Okay. That was my dad's favorite place. Now, we were kids and they were taking us to a club, bro. Right, right. We grew up going to a fucking club. Right. Like, people are partying and everything. Going you know down what I'm saying? Club. I grew up in that atmosphere. Right. I grew up in a party atmosphere. Right. That's what I grew up in. So, like, you know, there was that. And then there was another one in Oakland called Athens by Night, you know, or I think it was called something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or Athens. But anyways, I grew up in the Buzutia, which is kind of, it's kind of crazy when you think about like when you think about that because like kids are not supposed to do right. that. <laughs> They're not. So my parents were a little different type yeah. of parents. You know, they, they they took us and we partied with them. Right. And right. Uh, now, you know, it's funny because now that I'm much older, you know, if you look at me when I go to Greece, I'm all about the Buzutia. That's right. my shit, bro. Because that's your, that's I, what oh, you dude, I'll go there. I'll go there. I, I want a table at the front. Right. You know, I'll get a bottle and I fucking love it. That's my shit. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm really fortunate too because, you know, I know, I know some of these people in these places and they take care of me really well. So I, I, I have a real, uh, special experience. Enjoy it. No, I, oh, I love it, dude. I love it. Like I jokingly say that, uh, the Buzutia is my second favorite sport. Wow. It's my second favorite sport. Because that's like your real youth culture, your real Greek essence being yes. tapped into. Yes. So that's how the music inspired. So like, so let's, so, does so the I music grew, inspire you before a workout? Is it what you listen to after a workout? Is it how you, what you, you're going to a match, you're playing it? Like, what do you, what, like, talk to me. Oh man, this is so deep on so many levels. So first of all, man, you know, Greek music is real deep. I was a a lot of Greek music that talks about the struggles of life, mm -hmm. the struggles of life, you know, because a lot of people think about Greece and they, in, in America and they're like, oh, it's the birth of democracy. But sometimes they fail to understand the hardships that the Greeks have been through, mm. you know, um, and, and Greece, you know, even right now, it's it's going through some hard Stuff, times. Yeah. Economically, you know, you know, culturally. I, you know, like when I was a younger kid going to Greece in like the 90s. I feel like Greece was in a really, really, really good economic situation. But before that, it wasn't. And then after that, it was one of the worst countries. You know, in 2009, the country collapsed, basically. Grimy. You know, the, the economy collapsed. Right. So, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of music, you know, um, that talks about struggle, hardships, and um, learning lessons in life man yeah you know it and, and and this is probably why i think i love nas so much mm. i love nas because nas didn't just rap about oh let's get fucked up let's yeah, do yeah. stupid shit whatever he was rapping about the real shit in life right you know the good and the bad the positives and the negatives the struggles and being proud of all of it of yes. what it did for him Yes, yeah. I fucking Shout out love to Nas for real. I love Nas. Nas New York State of Mind, bro, all day. Dude. One love all day. Nas is one of my greatest influences, music and in life. Yeah. Like, I, I grew up listening to him and I remember thinking, wow, this, you know, he's an amazing philosopher. He is. He breaks down science. He does, man. So, anyways, going back to Greek music, you know, they talk about all these different things in life and. You know, and th there's also a lot of songs that are of the heart. Mm. And um, name one. 
I'm just fucking his whole lineup right now because I'm just uh, he's he I can see his head is swirling with a million songs and I and I and I'm burdening him with these with these with these I just I want to I want to be able to absorb one I want the listeners Man, to be able to take one. This is uh There's this is a more modern song, but it's a song that I've been listening to over the last couple of years. It's by a, an art. Oh, I want two two songs. Okay. <laughs> uh, one is by Christos Holidis. Okay. There's a song "Epatha Kiamatha." Happened, so I learned. And "Epatha Kiamatha Sagapisa Tibatisa Tosorea Psemata." So. It happened, so I learned. Sagapisa, I fell in love with you. Tibatisa, tibatisa means I like I kind of I fucked up. Right. Tosore absemata, so many nice lies. Mm. Like he's talking about. I actually think I know. Like he was dating a very famous like uh, Greek personality. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure who I, I know who he's talking about. You know. But anyways, he's talking about his relationship and how like you know his heart's broken and uh you i could feel his pain i could feel right. his pain coming through his yeah. music i could feel it and you know what when i first heard that song i was going through a difficult time in in that part of my life and i could easily relate and yeah. i felt it i felt it you know greek man uh soulful it is Greek music is from the it's it's from the heart and from the soul. It's not from the mind. It's not from the mind. It's 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 of the heart and it's of the soul, and uh, it's deep. It's deep. It hits you. You know, Greek music hits me, bro. It hits me. Yeah. It fucking hits me. It hits me in my heart. It hits me in my soul. And uh, there's so many things that have you know good and bad that have happened in my life, and I hear a song and I think about that, and it just it, it hits just me, triggers bro. You. It fucking triggers me, you know. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky because I've experienced highs of highs and lows of lows. And uh, they've, been, they've been great learning lessons. And, and when I listen to many songs, there's many lines, you know, that I think, you know, I think about, mm-hmm. you know. They keep you going. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um. Yeah, man. You know, uh, there, there's. So, so as far as like training with music, you know, yeah. um, lately, lately, a, a lot of the new music that I a lot a lot of the music that I've been listening to is like just straight Greek music, yeah. like pop Greek pop. That's Greek what pop. I've been listening yeah. to. And uh, that's what I trained to. You Who know? was that black Greek dude that you were playing earlier? Uh, you showed me. Zan Batiste. Zan Batiste. Hey, dude, hey. he's 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 one of my favorite. Dude, he's one of my favorite. Dude, I fucking love him. Hey. I love him. He's, he's, a black, his song, he's a black Greek guitarist who sings amazingly. And 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 he's uh man. So his song his, the uh, in he's two, getting caught. in 2017, bro. I heard this song Pestu, and and he's talking. You know, pestu, 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 adegamisu, which means tell him, tell him, tell him, go fuck yourself. I love it. It's it's Greek as fuck. You know, it's how Greeks talk. You know what I'm saying? It's like pestu adegamisu. 
You know, it's like he's talking about like uh, uh, that song is about like him being out, you know, and it, it, it's him being with the lady. Right. And um, and I guess like some dude kind of like Tries to trying to step her. in and try to yeah. fuck with them, you know, and he's like. And, and one of the hardest lines is, and naso lok los tratos de mekratai, which means a whole army cannot hold me. I love You know, that. a whole army can't every hold man, me. Every man knows what that feels like when he's with his lady, bro. You know, and, and, it makes me going crazy that he's next to you and he's just touching you, you know? <laughs> I love I love that dude. You know, I I got to meet him one time in in a bouzouka, and it was it was a it was a pleasure to meet that dude. It was it was actually one of my highlights of my trip when I went to Greece. I got to meet him, and you know, That's hung cool. out to him. I got to, you know, um, you know what? There's another song, which is by uh, man. I'm, I I I heard this song live so many times. One of my favorite musicians and the musicians of my father growing up was this guy named Adipas. Mm-hmm. Adipas is a, a, a Greek icon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's been hot since the '80s, bro. He's like he's like he's like the Hoff. He's like he's like the Hoff man. Fucking. Who's the Hoffman? I don't know who the fucking Hoffman is, bro. But I Hasselhoff from the Night Rider. Like he'd be killing it in Germany, bro. Like I guess so. But but I'll tell you this, dude. Adipas is like he's one of the the legends, bro. Yeah. Anyways, he's like the Jay Z of the game. He's 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 like the Jay Z. Okay. He's kind of like a Jay Z of the game of like a, a. Yeah. 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 So. But a more old school version. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, he's like, he's, he's like, like classic Jay Z. Dude, dude, he's in his 60s, bro. He's he's good looking. He's still, still tearing it down. He's in his 60s, good looking, bro. He hits he hits the stage at like fucking 1.30, 2 o'clock still in the morning, it. bro. And he's crushing it, bro. You look you look around, you see all the women, bro, they're looking at him, him, dude. He's still, he's still the he's shit. Still got it. Oh, dude, he's totally still got it, bro. I've seen, I've seen the way all the young girls look at him, dude. He's still they're got still it. He walks all oh, strong as fuck. Bro, so I so when uh um years ago my dad he was involved in promoting Greek yeah. concerts he brought him over and I knew that was one of my yeah, dad's yeah. favorites so like you know about three years ago I started going to Greece a lot and I started spending a lot of time there right and I actually I got to see him live I I, I love Adipa so much he's got so many songs that I fucking just, I love, I grew up on. And then yeah. there's, there, there's, there's some new shit too right, that's right. fucking amazing. Right. Um, like, Elinica Milao. <laughs> I love that song. Um, there's, and then there's a more old school song, which means I'm, I'm, I'm high. Right, right. You know, I'm high. Right. And he's, you know. <laughs> he, and, and anyways, you know, talking about songs. So I got to meet, I actually got to meet his son, right. Brother Moss, who, I'm a fan of his too, you know. Right, right. Awesome dude. They they have a unique song called Mia Historia. And it talks about it's hardcore and it's deep. You know, I'm going to tell you uh, a story of my theory of love that you may not understand, mm. you know, and, and it talks about like women mm. and um, it, it's, it's deep, it's deep, you know, I, when 
In my moments of heartbreak, I think about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the reflections. I think, I think, and it's deep. I'm Ooh. like, damn, that's my life. I remember bringing the club, bro. I remember bringing the bouzouka, dude. I remember hit, sitting there, dude, taking shots and hitting the hookah, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, fuck. <laughs> it was good. It so was dude, good. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I have some moments. This is beautiful, man. That's I what it's here for. That's what we're, that's what we're here to share. You know what I'm saying? I love it. So like lately, I, I so like when it, when I'm when I'm trying to like you know I've been out the mix, knees bad. Now I'm coming back. I've been playing. You know what I've been playing? A lot of heavy metal. I'm down. I've been playing uh, Black Sabbath. I've been playing Ozzy Osbourne. Like Diary of a Madman, you know, the old early stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he's got this one called uh, It Gets Me Through. It's kind of, eh, it's not super old, but it's like 2000s Ozzy, hard. Um, been playing Body Count, been playing Slayer, been playing- um, All the OGs. Yeah, man. Like a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of 80s and 90s metal, you know, bad brains, you know what I'm saying? But I think on the hip hop side, I've been- I've been um I've been listening to Nipsey Hustle. I think his raps are really inspiring. I think he still gets slept on, man. You know what's funny, man? <laughs> I didn't even know about Nipsey Hustle, unfortunately, until he passed. And then, you know, now everybody's talking about Nipsey Hustle. And 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 like I've noticed that. I actually thought that was really sad. I know. I thought that that was really sad that someone dies and then once they're died, they're glorified. Too bad that he couldn't have been appreciated to the magnitude that he is appreciated now that he's gone. It's so horrible, bro. And, 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 and I think that, you know, that, that goes to show you what humans are. Mm. That goes to show you what type of creatures humans are, you know? Now everybody rocking the Nipsey shirts and, you know, saying, yeah, he beat on my Spotify. Now what's weird is, as hurt as I was, I was still really new to hip Nipsey Hustle. I think I've only been listening to him for about three or four months. I knew who he was, but I wasn't listening to him. And then how did I start listening? I'm blanking right now on how I started listening, but I was like, yo, then I started looking, you know what it was? It was his business stuff. I was reading about him in Forbes and other mags, and I always knew he existed. I was like, Forbes and them wouldn't be writing about him if this dude was just average. So I started listening and I was like, oh, and he was real inspirational. So I called my son, I was like, son, listen to this dude, he's dope. And I started sending him sh tracks. And then like three months later, bro, he was dead. And I was just blown away, but you're right. like. It's such a um, a lesson on the, I don't know if like it's weak or fickle or I don't know, but humans it's not are, good, man. Humans are definitely fickle as it's fuck. It's not good, man. Humans, humans are definitely fickle as fuck and so are fans. Oh. Now, this is something that I learned. This is something that I learned very, very early on uh, being a martial artist and being involved in fighting specifically MMA in the UFC, mm -hmm. I would watch and I would see how people would turn on fans. Like how, you know, I, I, I first saw it with like people turning on Tito Ortiz, right. then people turning on Chuck Liddell. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, um, I remember people turning on BJ Penn, you know, Dude. and, and, and this is back when like, 
Uh, I remember when BJ lost to Jens Pulver. Yeah, right? dude. And I remember hella people saying, he sucks, he's this, he's that. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Hey, That's and just one fight. Dude, and just for the record, BJ was on a tear. Some people weren't lasting a minute in the round with this dude. And so he fights Jens Pulver. It was a highly anticipated match. It really could have gone either way. But I, I thought BJ was going to do it, and he did not do it. Yeah. And the world did turn on him quickly. Yeah, you know what, dude? I... I learned that and I've I've seen that too, you know, and and I've had moments too in my life because I remember when I won the world when I was, you know, 19, everybody's like, oh, yeah, 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 amazing, amazing, you know, and then, uh, you know, I got my black, I ended up taking third, people were still cool, whatever, and then I had some matches where I didn't do so good, you know, and I, I, could, I could see how like, you know, some people were talking about me. Or, you know, or even how some people, they interacted with me. And I'm like, ah, I see how you motherfuckers you saw the, are. You saw the shit. You, I saw you motherfuckers are. I see how fickle you motherfuckers yeah. are. So, like, you know, dude, when I look at fans and shit like that, I'm always expecting fans to turn on whoever's hot or whatever, yeah. dude. You know, like, he, he, here's the reality, bro. When you're hot, you're hot. Everybody wants to dick yep. ride. When you're not, you're not. People want to hate. And you know what's amazing, bro? Like, in hip-hop... In hip hop, I feel like it didn't used to be that way, but over time it changed and now it's worse. So like for instance, what a lot of people think, I think a lot of people don't understand when the average artist, whether it's a group or, 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 or solo person, right? When they get that first album, the reason it's so amazing is because it's the best of everything they've been working on their whole life. Right? Like it's not just an album they put together. Their whole life they wanted to put an album out and they did, right? So it doesn't matter whether it's 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 NWA or it doesn't matter whether it's 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 Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole or whatever. They've been working their whole life to put an album out. And it and it and it comes in this one moment and they drop it and the whole world goes, oh my God. Now, really what happens is for solo artists, this is especially easy to see, but in groups it happens too, is that sophomore hip-hop album. That second album is very definitive. What do they really have? Because they put their whole life into album one. Okay, we love it. Album two, they usually call it the sophomore slump because the sophomore album is kind of wamp womp because now it's like, okay, well, what else are you going to say? What, what new are you going to bring? What, you know what I'm saying? And you see when that sophomore slump hits, man, this fool's weak, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as that happens and then they got to go back to the drawing board, figure it out, come back. Hopefully the third one's a charm. But what has happened over the years is that for me and my observation of hip hop, you are only as hot as your last song. And then no one cares. There's no, there used to be loyal Public Enemy fans, loyal Wu-Tang fans, loyal, right? But even when I went to this last Wu-Tang show, like two, three weeks ago, right? Who was on the bill? Wu-Tang, De La Soul, Rakim, The Far Side, right? When I looked at the crowd, and the crowd was massive, and it was a dope show, but you could tell that the crowd came for one song that they knew, and we're just kind of standing around clapping for everything else. You know what I'm saying? The De La Soul fans, they didn't really know. You know what I'm saying? They knew, yeah. you know, me, myself, and I. Oh, or you know what I mean? Like one or two tracks. From every artist, it felt like they knew one or two tracks. Even the woo. You could tell that segments of the crowd were from 36 Chambers. Segments of the crowd, you know what I mean? Came back from forever, trying whatever. And you could just see that they came. And it's deep that I... I it makes me sad that like you used to have Rolling Stones fans forever, Grateful Dead fans forever. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I'm, I know all the Nas albums. You know what I'm saying? 
Exactly I right. Know all of them. You know, I'm not a fan of every single one of them. Like, exactly. But but you I'm, know the gems off of each each album. Hell, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Do. I know them. And I didn't like download them. I paid for them. Exactly. A real fan. I paid right? for them. I don't. I I, I don't. I don't download. You know what? I don't download people's shit for free or anything like that. I always pay. I always pay. Because it's a tighter, well, it's a tighter here's, game here's, right here's, now. Here's, here's, here's how I view it, man. Here's hmm. how I view it. You know, the, I came out with a DVD years ago, you know, um, 10 Planet All-Stars. Right. I remember I got it. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want people bootlegging that shit. Right. So I was like... So I don't, I'm not going to bootleg anybody. So, dude, it didn't matter whether it was jujitsu or music. I've always paid. Art so is you, art. Yes. You should, you should always pay. You know? Pay the artist, man. Or at least if you're going to bootleg the music, buy a shirt. Like, do something. You know what I'm saying? Go to the show, bro. Like, show some form yeah, of Yeah, like, invest in that artist, man. So you, you made a very interesting comment a few minutes ago. And you said... Um, in the music industry, you're only as good as your last song. Take that and apply that to fighting. You're only as good as your last fight. And that's exactly how you're judged. It's so cold. That's exactly how you're judged. That's the industry. Dude. But you know what's really cool huh. in fighting? Huh. You know, in the music industry, may not be the same. It could be. Right. Or may not, depending on what type of marketing they got behind them, too. Let's say you have eight amazing fights, right? Right. You go eight and no. Then, you know, the ninth fight, you lose a fight. Right. And maybe you don't have the best showing. Right. On the tenth fight, you could fucking come back and fuck the dude up and give an amazing showing. You know what? Oh, shit, that motherfucker's back. You know and everybody loves. Exactly. You know what, man? You know who I felt really got done wrong? In this whole game of MMA, someone who I think really has gotten done wrong is Cyborg. She fought so hard to just get into the UFC. It took so much drama just for her to get in. She goes ahead and runs through these people. She comes across Amanda Nunes. I ain't gonna lie, I didn't know what was gonna happen in that fight. My core belief was that the longer the fight went, it was gonna be an advantage for Cyborg. And that if Nunes was gonna win, it was gonna be first round or she was gonna have a long night. She went in, did her job. So here's- But everybody just complete, like when Cyborg wins, they go, oh yeah, cause she looks like a dude. She's this dude. And then when she loses, oh yeah, cause she wasn't that good anyway. Blah. And it's like, dude, she cannot catch a break, bro. You know, some fighters- So weak. No matter how great they are, they will always have that. People will either like, people will always make some type of excuse on why they succeeded and will always have like a reason on why they failed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but I think with her, it, it's because she, her earlier fights, when you watched her, she just looks like she was on a whole nother level than all the other females. Yeah. And no one could compare. I will say this. <clears throat> Had Cyborg fought Amanda, you know, a year or two before that, could have been a way different story. Agreed. And I think part of the reason that you had the outcome that you had was because of what you mentioned. That old mm -hmm. drama, you know, the mm -hmm. UFC, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, she could have been in the UFC. 
dude, when Ronda Rousey was fucking killing it, Cyborg could have been killing. She would have destroyed her then. You know, I, I, I absolutely believe that. You know, but I mean, I, I, I could see, uh, I could see that at the time. You know, Ronda is the star that she is, and they were protecting her. I could see that. Because yeah. I and and and, and uh, you know, listen. You know, for me, I've been involved in this game for a long motherfucking time. I even used to work for the UFC. So I understand how things work. Yeah. You know, I when when I'm looking at things, I'm not just looking at things as a fan or as a fighter. As a as a as a I can I can I can I can look at things as, as being the game. A part of the culture and as a fighter. Oh no 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 no. But I can also look at it and, and be like, I'm the guy in the production truck and I know what the production truck wants. Right. And I can also look at it as in like, all right. Not only am I the guy in the production truck, but I'm the VP, and I'm and I know how the VP thinks because I used to sit right next to him. Right. To, excuse me, used to sit right behind me. Right. And I knew what they wanted. Every now and then, I would say things, and I would, you know, I'd get a feeling on what the vibe was. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, I can tell a lot of things now just based on how things are marketing and mm-hmm. how things are said. You know, just mm-hmm. because of that unique experience and upbringing that I had, I was very fortunate. You know, so I I can tell, man. I can tell. What what hip hop music uh, is inspiring you these days? Don't care what era. It doesn't need to be new or not. I'm just curious. Nas always inspires me, man. Nas always inspires me, but I fucking love. If I want to go hardcore and I want to fuck some dudes up, no, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I'm not on. joking. I'm serious. I want to fuck some shit up. I'm gonna listen to Vinny Paz. Vinny Paz, Jedi Mind Tricks. Okay, Vinny now Paz. if you're not familiar with Jedi Mind Tricks, if you're not familiar with the Army of the Pharaohs, if you're not familiar with Just Allah, you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, it gets dark quick. I love this it. is not. Listen. I love, bro. I love his darkness, dude. You know, this, you know, you know, you know that song that he does with Block McCloud. Yes. Uh, you talking about the a, a, with, with, when Dave Ike comes on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole, there's a Dave Ike intro. Yeah, like, in the opening. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, so listen. So, so Vinny Paz is definitely, I think, like a really creative rapper. I think he's one of the best, one of the most underrated rappers in the world. Sure. Time. But it's because of his darkness, man. It's because like he can take you. I don't think some, the mainstream can deal with that. He type can of never darkness. be mainstream, bro. Nah, he can. He never can be. never be mainstream, bro. His greatness is what holds him back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know what, though? I respect it because he's a real fucking artist. Like, bro, like Narrow Grave. Narrow Grave from, from, from Army of the Pharaohs. Great song. Uh, 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 I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that he says that's troubling. But um, there's, there's, there's a primal edge in it that sparks me. And Stoop's production. You know, Stoop's production with the the way he manipulates the strings and the pianos, like it evokes emotion with those drums, the way they drive like that. You know what I'm saying? And it just it just makes you want to lose it, man. It makes you want to just bring like all of your 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 grimiest self to the mat. You know what I mean? Man, uh, I I love Vinny Paz. I love Vinny Paz. Yeah, big fan. Uh, I get I get inspired by a lot of J Cole's work. Just because, like, there's something about J. Cole. And, like, I could say, yeah, like, Middle Child, you know what I'm saying? I could say, you know, False Prophets or a bunch of other stuff, you know what I'm saying? But, like, J. Cole makes me not want to quit. I think that's what it is. Like, rappers that make me not want to quit. That's beautiful. That's inspiration. You know, that's, that's, and for whatever reason, it could be for your daughter. It could be, you know what I'm saying? Because because you, your back's against the wall and you're about to go to jail. But nah, hell nah, I'm fixing to break out. Like whatever it is, like 
that's what makes me listen to anything. Beautiful. That's fucking beautiful. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Um, I think the more you have of that, the more fuel you, yeah. you get. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's really important. And you know what? That's why I listen to music. Music to me is my my fuel. Yeah. It's my fuel, you know. Um, man. I have those Dre Beats headphones. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I'll I'll put them on, dude, and I'll blast whatever and I fucking love it, dude. And I go to my own little world. And just get just get surrounded exactly. by the sound, bro. Exactly. I love it, bro. You know the the sound, man, when it hits you, it changes your vibe. Oh, it does. And it man. takes you to another level, you know. Totally. And um I love it, man. I just, I love music. Music, man, one of my, music is one of my favorite things on the planet. Yeah, no, it's you a know? big deal. You know what else, you know what else inspires me? I'll tell you what. Like, I know, like, I'm talking about, like, like, Vinnie Paz and how much I love Jedi Mind Tricks, and it's always going to be true, you know what I'm saying? And, and artists like him, you know what I'm saying? And there's a ton of, you know, I like Dead Prez. Dead Prez makes me not want to give up a lot. Um, but I'll tell you, you know what kind of music, like, if I really want to be inspired, and I'm talking about, like, when I came out of the hospital like last year when I was completely crushed. Reggae, man. Beautiful. I listen to reggae, man. Like roots reggae. Um, because it's always remembering the creator in the universe. It's always singing well, even about the worst of times. You know what I'm saying? That's beautiful. And, and so, I, 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 not just Bob Marley, I listen to Burning Spear, I listen to a lot of Israel vibrations, Stephen Marley, you know what I'm saying, Ziggy Marley, um, um, lots of dub music, lots of Augustus Pablo, who does like a lot of instrumental dub music, you know what I'm saying, like uh, Black Uhuru, you know, like reggae music, when, when, when I'm having my darkest days, Reggae is gonna pull me out. That's beautiful. Is there a is there a specific time of the day that you like to listen to reggae? You know what I noticed? That's a good question. I noticed when when I'm going through it, I'm gonna listen to reggae in the morning. I noticed the first thing you listen to in the day is huge, and I kind of really kind of learned this in a backwards way in my Islam about like the call to prayer and like the first prayer of the day. Fajr prayer is like an early prayer, right? Because like if you get up and you're in a bad mood and like someone like throws on some Vinnie Paz, bro, you're going to be dark. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be like, hey, what's up, Fred? You'd be like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? But like if the first thing when you wake up is God's great, hella opportunities in the day, let's make the most of it, it's going to carry you through your day. So, so when I get up in the morning, if I'm feeling kind of bad or grimy, I'm going to play either some reggae or I'm gonna play some dub music that's instrumental, but it's positive, and it's gonna. I listen to a lot of, you know, I listen to a lot of Jedi Mind Tricks instrumentals nice. sometimes, just because like Vinnie Paz will like he'll pull the darkness out of me, maybe. So like I want to make sure like I can make my own sense of that of that music. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome. It's beautiful. What about what about you? Like when you when you want to be inspired and you're not feeling inspired, what what do you what do you put on, and when do you put it on? You know, man, for a long time now, for a very long time, I just, it's a habit of mine to wake up 
and just fucking blast Greek music. Yeah. Since like talking about since like 2013, it's just my fucking habit. That's your default set. It's it's just my habit. Just like wake up and fucking start blasting music. You know, um, I get up super early now. Now I'm getting up earlier than I used to. I get up at like, I get up at six now. So um, if I do it, I do it on my headphones because uh, I don't want to fuck with my neighbors. Right, right, right. Uh, But man, when I get in the car, it's on and it's cranked and it's to the max and I love it, you know, Um, but you know, man, I remember back when I used to, back when I used to live in Millbrae, back when I was living in a house, not an apartment. Yeah. You know, then I would wake up, dude, just blast it. Just, just blast. Go hard. And go hard. And, uh, Man, it was just uh, everybody knew they were like, oh, there he the goes. Greek. Oh shit, the, you know the Greeks up. That's funny. Man. <laughs> That's hella funny. And and you know I remember at the time, you know the girl that I was with, she would laugh. She knew it was like boom. Yeah. That's him. That's, That's him. Hella you know funny. what I'm saying? And but uh, yeah, that 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 was my routine, you know. Especially when I'm getting ready for a fight, man. When I'm getting ready for a fight, it has to be that way. It yeah. has to be. There's no other way, man. Oh, I'll tell you who. I don't know if you know these guys. I'm gonna just shout some some artists out who I have been listening to on the hip hop level that have been keeping me like straight right now. So like Sean Price, he's got a track called Planet Apes, and he's got another one called John Gotti. John Gotti. And he's got another one called uh, Imperious Rex. Hard. Um, he's dead rest in peace Sean Price but I also listened to uh, I got put on by my boy Ridwan he hit me to uh, Benny the Butcher grimy grimy Benny the Butcher and um, West Side Gun grimy but that's all look that's all dark I don't want people calling me saying I thought you was a positive dude Adisa what's going on uh, you know, we all have a dark side. Sometimes I cultivate it a little more than I should. Sometimes I don't. But that's what that's what's been pushing me <laughs> boy through right now. It's heavy metal and Benny the Butcher and West Side Gun and I Sean see, Price. You know what? Even if shit is dark, I still see the positivity in it. Yeah. You know, like like even 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 if I'm listening to fucking Vinny Paz and he's saying some crazy shit, you know what I'm or he's rapping yeah. about some crazy shit. I still see the positivity in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, somehow, yeah. (laughs) I I, I still see the positivity in it. And like for me, I guess like I'm of the mentality, look for the good, you know? So when he's talking about he wants to fuck some people up or whatever, you know, I just take it as like, you know, he's going to get- He's motivated. He he wants to get, yeah, that's, and you know what, dude? There's a guy focused on his goals. I'm a fighter. You know what? I'm a fighter. I'm not going to lie. You know, when 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 I'm training for a fight, I think that way, man. You kind of have to. I I think that way. You ain't got to stay there, but you got to go there. I think about how I'm going to get my Alexander on and how I'm going to like fucking- Take over everything, Exactly. You got to, baby. Take it over. Listen, dude. I don't care who you are. If you want to make it in life, you want to wake up with a fucking hard dick and ready to conquer. <laughs> oh my God. And on that note, thank you for being on the Bishop Chronicles. 
Let's go get some food. Are you ready? What are we going to eat? Let's we, do it. All right. We out of here, man. You know what I'm saying? It's Adisa Banjoko, Danny Prokopos, 300. You know what I'm saying? We out here, boy. Thank you for tuning in. FarsideTV.com, Side Life Radio. That's what it is. Worldwide West. Peace all around the world. All around. Teacher, what style is that? Listen to the Bishop 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 Bish